We would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land in which we record this podcast today, the Arakwal people of the Bunjalong Nation, and pay our respects to Elders past and present. Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums-to-be and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. Hello, Jade. Hello, Sophie and all our bumpies listening. How are you this week? Um, oh, not very good. Oh, do tell. I know. I'll start because I'm negative and I feel like you're positive. So let's start with the negative and get it over and done with the move to the positive. I'm just feeling so defeated and I know I'm probably going to sound like a broken record because I've been going on about it the past two weeks, but I just feel like during the week at the moment, I am pushing just shit uphill and I just feel like I'm questioning everything and I'm mentally and emotionally so exhausted. We've had basically a sick household, like tag teaming viruses around the house for two weeks. And as I've mentioned in the two previous episodes, the adjustment to school and preschool for our whole house has been different. And I'm not going to harp on about it for long, but I just, this is just something I've never experienced before. Like the kids have always adjusted pretty quickly and well to daycare. And Goldie is just finding the start of preschool so hard. And I feel like after the weekend, I was like, great, ready to send them back to school. But it just feels relentless because there's no break. It's like the second she wakes up, she's telling us why she doesn't want to go. She's refusing to put her uniform on. It's a fight at drop off. You then feel guilty all day. Before you know it, you're back to pick her up again. And this morning was actually so bad that she's not even at preschool today. And then my mind goes like, oh, my gosh, I'm setting a precedent. Now she's going to act like that each morning because she knows it leads to her not having to go. But I like just physically couldn't do it this morning. Nick and I just couldn't do it. Like she didn't want to put her uniform on. She was saying she's going, I, I caught what Poppy had last week and now I'm sick. I can't go to preschool sick. And look, she was a little bit snotty. So we were like, does she not want to go because she actually is a little bit sick? And if we let her stay home, is then she going to say that she's sick every morning? But we can't send her in this state. And we thought we had this plan plan for this week where she was going to do the drop off and have this food for the guinea pigs to give them to her to to the guinea pigs and that was going to be her responsibility at drop off and I don't know because like the logical part of my brain is just being like it's going to take time you've just got to you know make the drop off short and swift and you know she'll be fine as soon as you leave and I have the photo evidence that she's fine as soon as we leave but then your heart is just like 
how? Like how do you do it and how do you do it day in, day out and when does it get easier? And I'm, yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm really just, I, I texted you last week and I said, that's it, I'm pulling them out. I'm homeschooling and you reminded me if I homeschool, I'm going to have to do some arts and crafts so <laughs> very quickly through that She's idea in the bin. And then after the weekend, having them all home all weekend while it was raining, I was like, I'm not cut out to homeschool at all. But I'm just, it just feels a little bit like, what's the point? Like, why am I forcing you to go here? And then, of course, my logical side of my brain is like, of course, there's a point. It's a beautiful, wholesome, nourishing environment where she's going to learn and socialize. And it's just hard. So I'm just sending love out there to anyone else who's finding it hard because this is just harder than I could ever have expected. And I'm exhausted. And I, um, I feel bad, but then I'm like, but you also have to go and I'm just torn. Like my mind and my heart and my body and everything is just saying different things and I'm just so fucking exhausted. Well, I think that there's going to be a lot of other people that can relate to what you're going mm. through. And I I remember when I had you, I think Mia started school. I had Billy at daycare and I, I recently gave birth to Yumi. And I, that whole, I think first six months of Mia starting school, I was doing the drop off and the pick up on my own because Harry was working. And I honestly, I just, my head was like, like a garbage bin inside. Like it just felt yeah. like there was nothing that was, you know, streamlined the, the process on structure of waking up. Like, yep. I had a great idea every night that we get the mm. uniforms out we'll make it easier and we'll do this. Mm. Maybe just literally just throwing your hands up in the air. And, you know, I did find that ripping the bandaid off as hard as it is is the easiest way mm. for them to just understand that this is this is life. You're going to go. You do have fun because I have footage and I get updates that you're having a really nice time. So it's more for me. I ended up just going, I love you so much, and pre-meditated that conversation to school about what you're going to be excited for or what you're looking forward to. It mm. doesn't take away how hard it is. It doesn't mm. take away the, you know, the emotions and the, oh, I don't want to go. It's, it is so heart-wrenching. It really mm. is. But I will mm. promise you this. Mm. It will get easier. I know. And it's only been a couple of weeks. It will get easier. I honestly feel psychotic because I have cried at that school, I reckon, four or five times you wouldn't have been the only one we've got two weeks under our belt and she doesn't even go five days like I'm just does she go better like I find Harry when Harry drops them off they're like bye but when I drop them off there's a lot of emotion so I've actually made that I don't know and I I did all the drop-offs last week because Nick just had a lot on last week and I said to him by the end of the week, like I didn't do it this morning and Goldie's at home. (laughs) So how well did that go? Very, very well. But I just said, I was just like, I I just, I need a break. Like in my mind, I'm going, it's only been two weeks. And in my heart, I'm going, I cannot do that another morning. And last week she had a not even that bad drop-off, but it was almost the anticipation of the drop-off meant that I was just on the verge of tears when I walked in there. So maybe she's sensing your energy, maybe you're, and I was like, I know, I know. And that's what I said to Nick. I was like, I need a 
fresh spirit to go in there who, you know, who's not already worn down because I think she can feel that I'm I'm like bloody lamb to the slaughter. I'm weak as at the moment and I swear they can smell it. Yeah, and even can. one morning Poppy had a hard time with drop-off and I swear it was because the morning before she witnessed Goldie's drop-off and I think she was like, I'm going to give that a whirl. Mum seemed to react to that, you know, like she got, mum got rocked by that. And the next morning it was almost this like faux performance. I could tell she wasn't even feeling it deep within. It was just, she was just trying it on. And then the next morning she was fine. And I think she was kind of like, oh yeah, that was a bit. No, I'm kind of happy to be here. That's all right. So anyway, I'm just, you know, I just think that we're probably like there's a lot of people listening who are, you know, going into week three and it's still hard and who knows, we might be going into week six and it's still hard and maybe they're looking around at their friends' kids who are going off absolutely fine and just thinking, oh, I just can't. I just can't believe the weight it has on you all day and, yeah, just sending love. How are you? Please bring um, us something positive. Well, on the back end of last week's episode, that was literally, that literally (laughs) went absolutely cray cray, didn't it? I'm so happy that people got laughs out of my expense. But then when we sat and realized that we were sitting high up in the um, listener charts on Apple, I was like, wow, actually, Sophie was like, that's a lot of people that know about your. But, Jade, and I was like, yes, yes, it is. So, anyway, it's out there now. I do want to say one story, if I may. We are not going to go on about stories. We have decided we are going to do an episode down the track of things that happen to people because the stories that were sent in were absolutely hilarious. We were crying in laughter, so we're going to share those with you. I just want to share this one because I I was very, very proud of this woman that what she, her excuse was she thought the doctors would believe it basically she went into emergency she had a giant giant candle up her vagina now it if you can imagine it's got about maybe seven wicks on it I'm gonna say it's a mini basketball that's the candle wick. It's quite large, or a small saucepan. Jesus. Quite large, small saucepan. Because what an odd because, because it went up into her vagina, and it's so warm, it started melting in her lining. So she had to get a DNC to get it all shaved and cut away. Wait, and, but she didn't put it up into her uterus. It would have been in her vagina. Yeah, but I think because it was melting up and in, it was literally sliding up. Okay, <laughs> we all know about vortex assholes. Maybe she's got a vortex vagina. Who knows? I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm just telling the story, and it's probably two to three hands down the track. Anyway, she said, the doctors were like, how did this happen? She goes, honestly, I just, I, I fell yeah, over. Yeah, we're going to overlook the anatomical issues with the story and just get on with it. So she sat on it. That is what her excuse was. I accidentally <laughs> sat on the candle. I would love to hear on the ED side of things what people say when they come in in these situations. Freaking fabulous. We're all about relatability here. So if you didn't relate to the hard drop-off story, it seems a lot of the bumpies relate to items getting lost in different orifices. We're versatile here. We're versatile. We are. We're yin and yang. We're here to make you all feel seen. But that's not all that happened. I actually had some drama this week. 
some more drama. Oh, do tell. Yeah. So Harry was about to start a new job as a personal trainer and we were like, go, Dad, you're a legend. And the day before he was like, oh, I'm just going to go and throw some cricket balls with my friends. So I'm like, you do that, darling. Enjoy it. Comes home early. I'm like, why are you home early? He's like, I've ruined my life. And I'm like, what do you mean you've ruined your life? He's <laughs> like, I've just snapped some tendons or a tendon in my arm and I'm like mm, cool get an ice pack like I didn't know what that actually meant <laughs> and will a band-aid fix it yeah oh, do you want a I've tissue? got a frozen band-aid will that fix it yeah I was like do you want a tissue anyway it was quite it was worse it was probably one of the worst things I did see him have tears down his face he rarely does that was pretty upsetting a long story short went to the hospital Friday came, he's having surgery on his arm. He had to get a tendon, I don't know, stitched up. And now he's he's got no arm. It's his right arm, of course. So apparently all sexual favours he can't do himself. I've got to actually help there. And that's, that's what he said. He can't write. He can't text properly. He can't wipe his bum, apparently. That's really hard. So there's a lot of issues at the moment in our house. I feel like I've got a fourth child and I, yeah, I'm really feeling it. I also got stung by a bee while I was trying to be a cool mum on the weekend and yeah, like I'm here just telling some stories because I can, but it is, it's been a, a wild, a wild week in my life. Oh, I feel you that wanting to give them empathy and sympathy, but at the same time, realizing it's just extra tasks that are falling on your shoulder is, yeah. I don't really want to wipe a hairy asshole, to be honest. Like that's oh, just he'll not where figure I'm at. Out how to, he'll figure out how to do that and the other thing with his left hand. Let me tell you that. He'll be ambidextrous will, by the end of it. It'll be fabulous. He will. Don't give me this I can't use my left hand shit. He can <laughs> use his left hand. Now, we'll speaking see. of dads, yeah. uh, <laughs> let's get into this week's episode, shall we? I loved this chat. We spoke to dad of two, stay at home dad of two, she, and it was just awesome to get a perspective on what it's like to be a stay at home dad, the pros, the cons, the praise, the isolation and everything in between. Chi is phenomenal. He's like got one of those voices that you could listen to all day. He's calm. I don't know what he's like in the household really, but you know, throughout this episode, he does share a lot of his ins and outs on being a stay at home dad. He does talk about the mental load, which we found really interesting because obviously we talk so much about the mental load and a lot of life things with women and mums, but we rarely do get to hear uh, how a dad feels. So yeah, I really love this chat and we hope you enjoy. Hello, Chi, and welcome to Beyond the Bump podcast. Before we get started, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Hi, guys. Amazing to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Chi. I am right now, right now, a father to a beautiful three-year-old and a six-month-old um, two sons. Right now, I'm on a career break to focus being a uh, full-time dad. I used to work in the tech and advertising sphere, worked a pretty full-time job, but started being a, a primary care and a stay-at-home father about a year ago. Yeah, and it's just it's an amazing privilege to be here, so thanks for having me. We are so excited. You actually reached out to us and as soon as I saw your email, I thought this is an area that needs to be talked about more. Mm. I think there's a lot these days about, you know, women can return to work if they want and, and, and you know, men should be doing more around the house. 
else, but we don't necessarily get insight into the hows of how this is and what it's truly like. And it is quite different and progress is amazing. And I think that we should actually be seeing more of how it can work. So I'm so excited to have this conversation. Yeah, me too. And also there are so many stay-at-home dads where they've taken on that role. And I think everyone deserves to listen and know how it actually feels being a stay-at-home dad and, and the pressures. And if it is the same or somewhat similar to how we feel when we are at home. Totally. I think that the hardest thing is there might be quite a few stay-at-home dads, but none of us are really talking about it, mm. which is why I'm so stoked to be here to talk to you guys, to talk about my experience, how, how we kind of did it and how we model it. But to your point, like there's not really a stay-at-home dad community yet. Mm. Maybe one day if the world goes that way. But uh, yeah, absolutely stoked to be putting a voice out there. At, and the before dads. you decided to have children, was this a decision that you made before kids or was it something like through maternity leave that you went, actually, I'm going to be the stay-at-home care? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you. I I have always wanted kids much earlier than my wife did. She put her firm foot, her firm, her foot, Firmly on ground, firm her firm foot. Her firm foot fairly. Um, it was very so, firm. <laughs> might I say, shout out to my beautiful wife. Um, she asked me to come on the show to talk to you guys. So, what's her name? Tegan. Tegan, thank legend. you. Legend, absolute legend. <laughs> Love you very much. Honey. She's probably at work right now. <laughs> no, she has the two kids actually. So oh, she, yeah, yeah. Okay. the juggle is real. <laughs> yeah. um, Continue. Uh, equal parenting. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I, I always wanted kids from a very young age. So I, I don't know why. It just, it, it just, it's something that that I always wanted. She put her foot in the ground said, Hey, I want to live a few places overseas before we do that. Fast forward many, many years. And, uh, we, we started talking about having kids. It wasn't until the first kid, then a little something called COVID happens that it really changed everything. You know, life has a certain way of just, just getting on, but COVID like it, like this, this is completely without evidence, but I really think the only demographic then maybe that COVID actually helped was new fathers. <laughs> and like Aww. my, our first son was born in the thick of it. Mm. And for the first time I got a, like a driver's seat view of what it's like to live with a newborn, mm. get through that like insane phase at the start with your first kid, right? And no community around you, except for you guys. We listen to you guys oh, so much during COVID, so thank you. We couldn't help with the dishes though, or the birth. Yeah. <laughs> like so there's only so much um, we could help, but thank you. But just, and like it, it changed everything. It changed our approach to work. It meant I could work from home, but for, for a long period, I was just home all the time. And for me, it just, it, it changed me that I was like, I don't want to miss a single beat. Mm. And so it took years until our second was due when I had sat down with my wife and said, Hey, I, I don't want to miss a single moment. Like I want to do this full time. And so it was, it was a long discussion. And before I go on, I do want to say like, you know, I feel immensely lucky. I even got to make that choice. I know many families are yeah. not in that same position. Like unfortunately for, for many families, the, the breadwinner is still the, the, the male, which would, would make it really tough. But I was in a really fortunate position where we could make that choice. We made that choice well before the second came. So I had the first for a long time. And uh, here we are. So Hunter. And so you post COVID had gone back to more of an office type setting. So you, you knew that things, if you stayed in that job, weren't going to be how they were the first time round? 100%. Like I I went back to the office and I was like really clock watching. I was just like, I can't, I just want to get home to my family. Or like something like the, the newborn has been up all night. I know my wife's 
in a in a bad spot. I'm in a bad spot. I just want to get home and help. And how do you do meeting after meeting after meeting? Just knowing that you can like you can mentally just hear your baby crying, your wife crying too, and just go, I just I have something more important to do right now. Mm. And so that that feeling just just carried me the whole way through. It, it probably affected my work, which probably drove the decision. But mm. yeah, it's just like as every parent, like it's just it's always there in your head. And I just wanted to get home to my kids and my family. And how was Tegan coping at home? Was she really happy with being a stay-at-home mom or did she have this sort of inkling that she'd actually like to go back to work? How was she? Yeah, that's a great question. I can't, like, I want to answer for her. I wish she was here. Cause she's, she's, she's going to hate me for this, but she's such a fan of you guys. She was like, I don't like. Does she want us to sign your tits? <laughs> no, no, so actually, she's like, just get me a signature. And I was like, what do you we'll want? Sign your shirt and like, take a photo. Do you want, like, do you want to give me a breast pump? I'll get them to sign that. Or then, That's and then, very yes, on brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then she filled it down to like, nah, just get a photo. I was like, oh, okay, I'll get a photo. I don't want to meet them straight up and go, let's get a selfie. It'd be weird. So, Nothing's weird when yeah. it comes yeah, to yeah, us. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so shout out to her, but she's heaps better at her job than I am at mine. She's, she's an incredible career woman. And so was that a big part of it? I mean, I know we've only just met, but was she earning more than you? Like, um, is, it was that a part it, of the decision too? Just met. No, it, it wasn't. It was more, sorry, and that's, and that's a completely appropriate question. I was still, unfortunately, due to the gender pay gap, just making more money. Also, I worked in a different industry. Mm. But um, we just wanted equal opportunity. Like, I just sat down and like, you know, she, she was like, she loves her job. She loves working. She loves her career. She sees where that career is going. And I was like, wow, that's funny. I love being at home with the kids. This could work out really well. And it's not like we planned it. It, it just kind of happened. The, mm. the opportunity came in front of us. And she's she's right now on maternity leave for the for the younger one. But already, like, it's it's amazing that she has the freedom now. She's like, and I even say to her, you have a choice. Like, you know, if you want to go back tomorrow, you can. Like, if you want to go back, you know, I think her maternity leave ends in April. But if you want to go back sooner, like you can, to, to give someone that flexibility, I think it's just amazing. Mm, yeah. So good. And then so tell us what it is like being a stay-at-home dad. We've talked, I guess, about our, Jade and my, both of our family structures have changed a lot since starting the podcast. We went very much from that more conventional, I mean, before I had kids, my husband and I were both working. Then we had kids and I became a stay-at-home mom and he continued to work. And over time, as I've started to work more, he's taken on more and more of the parenting and now we kind of evenly split the parenting and evenly split the working if not me working more now and I feel like I don't talk about it too much because I feel like it's not relatable or that people will be like I don't know oh you're so lucky he I don't know what it is but as I said before I do feel like we need to shine a light because then there are other mums going we would really like to start evening things out in terms of the work and the household chores and all of that, but we don't really know where to start. So so how, how do you see being a stay-at-home dad versus being a stay-at-home mum? Do you think it's a similar experience? I think like if you look at a, a scale, if, if you're a true stay-at-home dad, it is the same experience. You're going through the same mental load, the same repetition. You have the same issues, loss of, loss of identity. The only difference is you're not breastfeeding obviously. But that's one end of the scale, being a full-time stay-at-home dad, which I am now. I actually think hopefully this little talk will give inspiration to to people to move to more of a hybrid model. Mm. To to that point of like flexibility in working means that, you know, plenty of working moms approach or try to find part-time work, right? There can be a period in anyone's career, and I want to talk about this later about taking career breaks, where 
you know, the dad could do that too. Like, you know, if, if you can find a role or some way to still still maintain or fulfill your career, mm. but just take the kids just one day a week mm. or even start with one Arvo, like just 100% you. You do everything. Do the packing, do the cooking, do the cleaning, get everything ready, right? You know, everything we would traditionally just, I don't know, associate with a stay-at-home mum, which is a horrible way to put it, but mm. like... Like well, that's how it's been for so long. Totally, yeah. since day one. But like you, you got to start somewhere and it's just... I feel a dad just going, I can be the primary carer and the father, even and like mum, like hang around by all means, like, help out, we'll have some amazing time together or go do what you need to, but I will look after the kids, whether mm. it's one day a week. And I do see that model happening more and more and I love it. Like I run into dad's daycare and they're like, oh, yeah, we're doing this and this and this. But the problem is no one, like we don't talk about it. Men are mm. horrible about talking about their feelings and stuff like that. So it's really hard to to, to kind of, get that movement going. Oh, we live in an area that is, there's a lot of, I guess, entrepreneurs in this area. And I, my school, like where the girls go to school, I'm surrounded by dads that pick up. Yeah. The mums are working and the dads are there. And I love what you said about one day giving the mum a whole day, whereas where you take the reins for the entire day, like even thinking about the freedom of having little kids and having one day to do, if you want to go back to work, if you want to go and do whatever you want to do, whether it's, I don't know, but you've given an option. That's your day every single week. That there like just gives a ease to the mental load. And I think in so many male-dominated professions, we automatically just assume, oh, part-time's not possible or, you know, four days a week isn't possible or getting off early a couple of days a week to do pickup isn't possible. And for most of those jobs, you've got to think, but why is it not? If yeah. it was a woman in that job, suddenly yeah. it would be possible. Yeah. And I heard, I can't even remember who it was, two people talking about it and and they were saying that how their husband was saying there's no way that, you know, if my child is sick and has to go home from school that my husband can be the one to go pick them up. And the other mum said, but what if he was a single dad? suddenly he would be able to because mm-hmm. there would be no other option. And so I think so often we have to go, but is that actually the truth or have we just been conditioned to think, oh, no, 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 that job you couldn't possibly do four days a week. You couldn't do that three days a week. You couldn't take a career totally. break. You're spot on because, like, we all, we're all human beings. We all work important jobs and your job is important to yourself at the time and the other people you're working with. Just because I might do something with more people or in a big company doesn't make my job more important. And, look, there are situations where on that full side of the scale, full-time stay-at-home dad, might not be possible for someone who's in the trades, uh, you know, in the medical profession or fly and fly out. But, you know, if if you work in the trades and you knock off at 3 p.m. one day because the job site finishes early, go do the pickup, get dinner ready, get the kids in bed, just tell your wife, hey, I reckon I've got this afternoon. Oh because God. she's been doing it for 365, 365 days a year for since the kids were born. Mm. So it's like, so it's, it is it is that, and, and to that point, but blokes have to want it. And mm. like, I know we'll probably talk about this later, like the benefits of, of, because like you get this, this weird thing where like blokes are like, no, I don't want to look up to the kids, but it's like, well, why? Like, you know, all of, and them? to the point, like, <laughs> yeah, to, and to the point of the, 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 the women asking them like, why, what is it like, 
you know. So what does a, a full day look like yeah. for you? Because for me, I look at my husband who has been or is a stay-at-home dad. I mean, he works as well, but we're actually, funnily enough, going through this transition this year and he got to a point where the girls are getting older, they're obviously in school and he would like a bit more fulfillment. And he said to me, I'm taking up two jobs, something that he really wanted to do. And I said, oh, go for it. But I'm a little bit hesitant because I'm trying to work out how we're going to juggle this new normal if he wants to do this. What is it like in your house? Yeah, great question. I I think it's partly the confidence and like I do that it's like trial by fire like it's like when you get given when you walk out of hospital baby it's like not like you have an instruction manual so everyone's in the same book everyone's fumbling their way through it which is why it's it's better to do it together but in that same sense it's I sometimes think it's an ego thing with dads too Mm -hmm. I'll be perfectly honest it was for me like, you know, I was like, no, I'll go after my important job and I'll wear, you know, my As in suit. this role is beyond yeah, like, me. I mean, well, below me a little not bit. Not even, but like you just don't see yourself in that that spot until you get into the day-to-day of doing it and you switch and you're like, this is amazing. Dad's definitely parent in a different style. Mm-hmm. So a full day for me, it's exactly the same as, as a mum, right? I get the kids ready. We, we plan some activities. I'll book their appointments if they need a shot, which for six months old is all the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a fun one. Um, and there's some shots you can you can't get with others, and then you have to wait two weeks to get another one. Uh, yeah, anyway, and then feed them, dress them, make sure they don't like grubs, teach them life lessons, make sure that they, you know, if you and your wife have agreed, like you know, oh, we're uh, we're going to make sure if, if he runs off and puts that thing in his mouth, you can't tell him. Don't you? you have to explain what? Like just parent like you would want to parent together, right? That is my full day. So it's exactly the same life as uh, I think any mum would would live. And I wouldn't want it to be any different. How that gets done, though, is can be completely different. And I think every parent does it different. It could be unstructured. It could be, you know, what one what my wife would consider dangerous. Like I could build I, the other day, literally, I built an obstacle course, and my son was running across one, and I was like, "Well, that is so unstable." And then, I, like, if my wife saw it, she would be like, "What the hell?" Like, you know, he's six foot in the air, but he had a ball. I had a ball. We parent in different ways, but the day structured the same way any parent would want to structure it for their kid, which is engage them, make sure they survive, make sure they have all their teeth at the end of the day and are well fed and generally slightly clean. I find, <laughs> I find, and this was apparent when I went overseas for a week this year without my kids and my husband, whenever I'm not there, everyone operates better. And I don't know if it's because it's just me. And I also don't know if it's because it's the one parent. Like I find sometimes when I'm just parenting my kids, it's a lot easier than us both being there because they tend to like play us both. But when I was away, my husband said it was absolutely seamless. He said, honestly, you can happily go away. No, barely Did anyone. Did you record it? Oh, my gosh. I would quote that and just have that in my back pocket ready to go at all yeah. times. But then you get this. You right can't, in front of your passport. I know, but as a, as a mum or as any parent, you get this, like, sense of guilt, like, oh, 
Okay. So you want them to do really well without me. And I guess it's the same as going to work, right? I want everyone to, to flourish when I'm at work, but also if they're really flourishing, well, then I feel guilty about that. How come I can't enjoy that? Or how come they are flourishing? Is it me? It's <laughs> every aspect of parenting. It's like dropping them off at school. If they just wave and guilty. let you walk away, you're like, oh, they don't love me. And if they cry, you're like, guilty. oh, I fucked up my child. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my God, the battles. I I think so. Before I even finished up work, my wife had to go overseas for her work all the time. She was doing just global trips. And that sounds glamorous, except you're a mum and you're like, I like this sounds great. I'm going to Paris, but you know, my poor kid, right? And I actually had to to wean our first off breast milk because she had no choice. She she had to go oh, overseas. Wow. Yeah, it was brutal, in case you're wondering. That's a lot of pressure on your shoulders. Yeah, but like same thing if I were to go overseas for a, for a work trip, then you're in the same, and this is the whole stigma, the crazy thing yeah. of like, it's, it's, which is parents. We're just, you know, whether one parent does it or the other, mm-hmm. it's like in a perfect world, you just, you're the parent. Like, you know, it was a lot of pressure, but like mums would have felt the exact same thing too. Yeah. And I think I get frustrated really easily because I see firsthand the things that my husband gets praised for that never in a million years would I get praised for. And even I have to look internally because sometimes I'll be like, oh, do I want to publicly say that like we take in turns doing bedtime each night? Like, does that make me look like a lazy mum? Because every second night I get to sit down and read my book while he does bedtime. But then I was like, if he publicly said I do bedtime every second night, it would be like, wow, what an incredible hands-on dad you are that you can do bedtime on your own. But then the other half of me has to go, but we're in this period of change and there's all like, you know, progress is better than perfection and it's still as much as I can find those things annoying or if Nick, if we're on a flight and Nick is able to handle the kids on his own, you know, I can see people look on like, oh, what an incredible father. And I think maybe they're just the things you have to swallow when you're in that period of change. Do you feel like you get praised for things that potentially your wife would get judged for? Totally. Yeah. It is the weirdest phenomena. Yeah. And I'll I'll tell you right now, it it is the weirdest phenomena, right? I will go out the door with my two kids looking reasonably dressed, mainly because my wife stocks their wardrobe and they look beautiful. Anyway, they just look like, like I just don't look like I'm falling apart. And people will just yeah. praise you, compliment yeah. you. Like I'm a hero. And like, it is the weirdest phenomena, right? People, all demographics, ages, sexes, people go like, congratulations. Good yeah. for you. You got your hands full, but you're doing a really good job. And like, yeah. like it's the weirdest thing because I'm just doing what every mum has been doing since day one. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, it's funny because like I'm really into these weird little things, but I was like, I want to start this social experiment. What weird little things? <laughs> Where you're like, <laughs> 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 Where it's like, that we're, we're getting him on next. Like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to call it like random acts of parental kindness. We're just like, just go up to mum and go, you're doing an amazing job, you know. She'd probably look at me like I'm a complete freak. But like, mate, go no away. No way. Like, as long as you're <laughs> not telling her you look like you got your hands full. Because yeah. I said to Nick, I, I do little social experiments and he'll come back after maybe being out with the three kids, got the pram. And I think if I went down the street like that, like I do often, I would get told, wow, you've got your hands full five times. Yeah. Nick said he's never, ever had that comment said to him. It's like, oh, good on you. Oh, you're giving mum a break. <laughs> also, trying not to be creepy, but like <laughs> I went for a run 
And like I saw. Did you smile at me? Were we yeah, no, up? probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw a dad giving, like the son was just visibly upset, right? And the dad was just giving the most like sweetest hug, right? And I didn't really have the context because I was running heaps fast past him. Music way too loud. And like the, just the way he's holding his son and the way the son was reacting was just so beautiful. And I just gave him like just a big thumbs up. And I kind of mouthed like, mate, you're doing a great job. You know, like we don't have enough of that in the world. No, nah, we right? don't. Like we don't. I, like, Too I, much judgment. Totally. Like, and further to that point of like weird dads being the hero. And if, <laughs> if there's any reason to be a stay at home dad, it's because you get instant hero Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Bam, you know, and, you, get and on, you are dad of the year. And, That's yeah. what you say. No one says hands on mom. It's only hands on yeah. dad. And you get to go and be on the bum. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I'll tell you this story because I still think it's, it's weird. So I posted up when I left my job, I posted up on LinkedIn. And I'd been working for 15 years in the same like field. And so I posted on LinkedIn. I've been posting on LinkedIn for 10 years and like 20 people liked it. My boss and my mum, right? So I post up on LinkedIn essentially saying, guys, like, you know, thanks for everything. I'm taking a career break. I want to focus on looking after the kids. Really excited to have a second. Jobs came coming in. Well, it went and <laughs> I've like LinkedIn viral, not like YouTube viral, like 20 million people, like 24,000 people, hundreds of comments, hundreds of likes. Wow. And like the most successful thing that I've ever done on LinkedIn before, hundreds of comments of people being like, mate, like incredible, well done. I have I have a mate who who um, lives in New York and I used to hang out with him all the time. And I respect him so much because he's one of the most talented guys I know. And I know he didn't mean it this way, but his, he's the top comment on it and just says, you're my hero, mm-hmm. which, which meant so much to me. But his wife literally had premature twins mm. and it's like she's my hero yeah I, like i just announced on linkedin oh, saying, yeah. i announced on linkedin essentially the same thing imagine every mum going i'm going maternity leave to look up you're my, my hero like you're my oh, hero like, and i was like what is going on like this this there's like the whole societal stigma is just so unusual around it but to that point, like, you know, society demands more of dads, but dads, like, be more visible about it. Like, you know, talk about it with your mates, talk about it with your mums, talk about it everywhere. But just, like, parenting is a team sport and it's it's something that we all go through together. Like, the, the days of, like, dad does this, mum does this, doesn't really exist anymore, right? Yeah. And so, like, shouldn't. yeah, it totally shouldn't. It's fine. Did you feel any judgment from anyone from work or outside of work when you made that decision? No, like, well, weirdly, the biggest judgment was myself, right? I felt massively anxious, right? Because I'd worked in a high-performing role, high-performing companies. And so to go to that transition took me six months, honestly, to get out of, like, even I treated my kids like, we need a coffee meeting. Like, you know, oh, let's write down the minutes about that. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah. Oh, hey, how about you give me a performance review, mate? And he'll throw yeah. a <laughs> porridge in my face. Yeah, cool. Hey, I'm very yeah. grateful for all the hard work I've been What's scarier, being a stay-at-home dad or being in that position? Oh, being, <laughs> being, a, being a parent, I'm here to say, and I used to manage massive teams, is a million times harder than yeah. full-time work, without a doubt, without a doubt in the world. Like anyone who says otherwise, maybe you're a bomb defusal squad or something. Is it as rewarding though? That's t- being a parent tons more rewarding mm. because you're growing something that, <laughs> I mean, people at work can show you love back, but it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but when, when, you, when you see all your love reflected in your kid and you're like, oh, like I did, I did that, the effort you've put into that is worth more than 
a twenty million dollar deal any day of the week. Absolutely. Anyway, so oh, where were we going before? But anyway, so the so the pressure was actually all self driven, right? right? And so I went through the anxiety. It didn't take me long to realize this is the same anxiety that every working mother must feel. Mm. It's about fucking time that I felt it, or like yeah. felt it, right? And I still go through it, right? So I still have. These, these random professional chats or opportunities and people are like, oh, I come back and do this and I get really excited for a second. I'm like, no, I yeah. want to be a dad right yeah. now. This is what I'm doing. And do you feel like, because I feel my husband made quite a conscious effort maybe a year and a half ago when he sold his main business that he wasn't going to kind of seek something out yeah. after that, that he was going to use the space that that freed up to be around more as a parent. And he found it quite interesting that everyone was constantly like, well, what's next? As though yeah. there's surely more, like like, like there, there, there must be an end point to this, which inevitably I'm sure there will be an end point, but it's not like you necessarily know exactly what that end point is right now. Do you find the same, that people are constantly like, so, oh, well, you must be just using this time to come up with something fresh and new that you're going to do? Totally. I get asked yeah. that all the time. I don't know what's next, to be honest. Like I, the way I look at but it. But that's right. the point, yeah, right? Oh, totally. That is exactly the point. Asked it. And right, but also, yeah. why is it when people, even with your stay-at-home mum or dad, when you get asked this question and you're on maternity leave, well, what are you going to do and when yeah. are you going to go back to work? It's like I'm in, so I'm in the thick. Well. I'm in the thick of no sleep and doing the best I can in the most important position of my life. And you're asking what I'm going to do next. It is not even. Like, I, I guess even the fact that you think about it and you're like, I don't care what that no. is. And you, but it's like guilt ridden. Someone's asking you a question and you feel guilty because you don't know what's next. So the one response that I do love just, just giving now back, because I've been quite vocal about it. I'm here because I'm quite vocal about it. I'll just say I'm on a career break. Right. And the way I look at it, like, first of all, and I've harped on about this a bit, but Mums are on a, have to do a career break by default of having yeah. to, that initial period anyway. So it's like I'm just I'm just doing what every other mum's been doing. But to that point, like I, the way I view my career, hopefully I have twenty to thirty years left. If I've taken two years out mm. in the most crucial time when we're just all trying to live, right? Mm. Like it's it's a drop in the ocean, right? absolutely. And a total career is going to be fifty to sixty years. Like, and it's so funny. Back to that point of that that LinkedIn post. I had so many like blokes say like, oh, mate, this is amazing. Or like last time I was looking for a job, I had five months off and I spent time with the kids. It was the happiest time of my life. Mm. And I'd be like, get back there, mate. Yeah. Right? Like, and like I'm so vocal about it because I really think like normalized career breaks, particularly for men, like if a bloke just goes, you know, in, a, in a, any given work situation, I'm having a kid, I'd, I'd like to take a career break to, to look after this kid. Like that should be a completely normal thing to do, right? Absolutely. And, but you know, like dads need to want it too. Like don't get me wrong. Yeah. I read this, sorry, I did a bit of research. Like um, yeah, there's this agency called the Workplace Gender Equality Agency. They should probably change their name. Anyway, they even said that only 12% of men who are offered like truly equal parental leave, only 12% of men take it. Mm -hmm. Because like, I think what? there is this stigma that, you know, oh, you can't want your job enough if you're willing to do that or what on earth are you going to do at home for three months or, you know, I think a lot of the big banks and that kind of yep. thing in Australia have three to six month type leave and there's constantly this like, oh, but you wouldn't take it, would you, you know? Totally. Yeah. Totally. And it's like, but why Why wouldn't you? And to that point of, of just being vocal about it, people, men of influence, like if you're listening, hopefully you're listening, or your oh, wives have made, or your wives have made you listen, right? 
more like be a role model be be the change that's actually one of the biggest things that i found as a stay-at-home dad i had no role models Mm. i didn't know a single person had done this before me Mm. like zero i actually i had this 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 is just my situation because i only have one dad but like um i reckon the approach to fatherhood the change in like this generation the previous generation is the biggest change huge in fatherhood ever yeah right because to that point, like even my dad admits, man, I was completely useless at looking after you guys. I don't even think I changed a single nappy. Mm. But to but to point, he's like, society didn't ex- expect that. No. Of they wanted me to work and mm. they wanted your mum at home. That was mm. what everyone wanted for mm. everyone. My mum and I even laughed now. And look, this is no shade at my dad. He is an incredible grandfather. He absolutely loves it. And I think one of the reasons he loves it so much is that now he has the time. Mm. Whereas, you know, he's an obstetrician. When we were growing up, he was very busy with work. But mum and I still laugh now about Part of it would be because he's quite deaf, but his ability to like sit down at the table and have his bowl of cereal with chaos happening around him and not even put his head up and think, maybe there's something I could do to be mm. helpful here. And mum goes, it's just because when you guys were younger, his role was, he was a great dad. He was there. He, we had fun times with him. But I think their roles were just so in place, so ingrained that she's like, that wasn't his task growing up. And I liked what you said about not, not having those role models because I think that's where we do have to, you know, have patience with ourselves as families, you know, like muddling our way through this and constantly reassessing. And I remember I was saying to a friend of mine recently because her partner was maybe doing some things that she didn't love in terms of being a father. And she was kind of like, well, he doesn't have any role models to look up to. And I was like, but neither do the quote unquote hands-on fathers. They don't have any Mm. role models to look up to. They're making, you've got to kind of make your peers your role models instead. Totally. Yeah. And shout out to your dad. First episode I ever listened to. Talked to Timmy. Loved it. <laughs> great, great dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> great host. I mean, sorry, great guest too. Yeah. To, to that point of like as, as simple as changing that, if, if there's one thing that, that this hopeful, hopefully episode changes, we need more fucking change tables in men's toilets. Yes. <laughs> I pay a lot. Say <laughs> <laughs> it again. Say it again. I pay a lot. I pay a lot. I have been to thousands of toilets. I reckon one in a thousand, mm-hmm. one in a thousand Absolutely. has a change table. And I tell you what, that one's change table is disgusting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it is so simple, right? Just put a damn change table in because the number of nappies I've had to change in the women's, right? Yeah. Which isn't a huge issue. Hopefully it's not an issue, but like, you know, like it's not, if I go in and I, I don't have to do a like a respectful nod and I don't want someone to be holding onto a massive poo while I'm changing, you know, my <laughs> yeah. kid's nappy or something. Yeah. You know. Not um, ideal. Not ideal no, at all. No, it's so true. It's little things like that. Hey. And like to that point of like funnily enough, the change of like the previous generation to this generation and what society expects of fathers because it's crazy, right? Like to take it back to being a hero, also in that same sense, society will go the other way. If you are a disengaged father, you are the worst kind of father, right? Mm-hmm. Then people will, will look at you, like, and stare at you. And, and so society has also never expected more of the current generation of fathers, right? Mm-hmm. They've done so little to support it. Yeah, there's, there's, I there's, agree. Yeah. But I think what is classed as a disengaged father would be the equivalent of a not super maternal mother. 
like I think a disengaged father would have to do far, far less in terms of being a hands-on parent than what you would claim a disengaged yep. mother is mm. still. Yeah. Mm. I remember we were at an event once with Dr. Golly, who's a pediatrician, and he said literally the only thing that a dad can't do is breastfeed. Mm. Like but breastfeeding, if you do choose and can breastfeed, does take up a lot of the day. But there's a hell of a lot of other tasks that True. you're equally able to but do. But when I was, like, when I gave birth, I breastfed every two to three hours and I was not waking my partner up to do any of that and I was cuddling my child for the entire night. That is for days, nights on and yes, during the day he would then get those feelings but it's every two to three hours that you're getting this consistent it's just it's different it's totally different and I found it different when I had a second child and I started to mix feed and he the the confidence in him I saw the change in him Mm. whether you want to express and give them breast milk or you want to give them a bit of formula and mix it up the confidence that I saw in him and then with the third child because I had postnatal depression and I was like I can't I'm drowning. I can't do it. And I believed I couldn't do it. And he took on that role because he had the confidence knowing if you left this room right now, I could handle all these kids and know that I could feed them and there's I don't have to rely on you. And that in itself gave him the confidence to totally. to to be able to do it. The confidence on top of the empathy, it's just like the minute a dad has just gone through like just a little bit of the experience of feeding the child, getting everything ready. That just that the relationship improves. I I feel between yeah. the couple immensely, which is just the confidence that you also give them. Which is like you've you've lived a, a one round of feeding in my shoes, and you understand why exactly this is really hard, right? And so if a dad has stepped up to that level, the the kind of cohesiveness which with they can get through gives them confidence too. That being said, like, you know, one of my biggest bugbears as a new father twice, like there is zero resources, right? Like, Mm. so it it really does rely on the mums sitting down going, to get the kids out of the house, this is literally what you need to do. Mm. Or why don't I start start by packing the lunch boxes, you can see everything and they'll learn really quickly, right? But there are no resources. Like I remember when, when my first was born and this is no knock on New South Wales Health, the only resource you get given as a dad, I got opted into it text service have you heard about this one Mm -hmm. and it's like uh uh, you text with this service and it's a robot and it impersonates your baby sometimes like daddy i might be crying for hours on end but i'm like that is all i got and it's not bad it's something and then you're like, why isn't my baby texting me back? But then, I hit one and it's, it's just, it's, it's continuing yeah. to cry. I don't get to on. But it's like, yeah, and then I've given the reins of fatherhood. And it's yeah. just like, whoa. And it's interesting because I think now instead of making them mother's group, they're t- making them parents' group, which in some ways is great because, as you say, dad need, dads need more resources. But I don't know how I would necessarily feel as a new mum if a bunch of dads rocked up to the mother's group and I'm there wanting to be like, oh, is everyone still like bleeding this amount? Oh, how are you? You know, I think that that's not necessarily the answer too. So interesting. My two parents groups, if you listen to this, and you will because I'm going to WhatsApp you all in after. <laughs> yeah. And several of them helped me prepare for this. So just a big thank you for all your time and love. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. If there's one thing, there's two things to that. I think dads, you got to get involved with the parents group. It is the most beautiful 
Like if you talk about in life how hard it is to make new friends as an adult, especially as a parent, right? Mm. How about like, oh, here's this service which has just made you some friends who live around the corner from you with kids going through the, the exact, exact same thing. Age, Amazing, yeah. right? Yeah. So dads, like if you have an opportunity, there's usually three meetings at the start. Just go along to them. Then normally what happens is they start a WhatsApp group. Get involved in the WhatsApp group, right? They're amazingly fun. You get connection. You learn so much. Now, interestingly, so for our second child, I, I got, I think I got too involved because I was like, I'll be the group admin. Like I started the group. <laughs> I like, I'm like, Hey, mom's like, what day do you want to? And like my wife did say, she's like, look, I love that you're, you're going head first into this, but they're also some mums might not be so progressive yeah, yeah. and still need a safe space. And by safe space, she's like, if a mum is bleeding from an episiotomy, yeah. it might be hard for her to talk to you about that. Yeah. So I completely respect that. Yeah. So I try to, to, to at least in my parents' group, weirdly I'm mainly comedic relief. My yeah. parents' group, you'll know, you'll know that from me. Like I try to, to kind of toe the line of being as empathetic as possible. And so like I will say, yeah, you, you're spot on. Like in, in parents' group, there's yeah. probably, but, but like dads at least start being an active member of it and just yeah. talk and make friends because they're just, they'll become your best friends. Because is that one of the hardest things of being a stay-at-home dad is you probably don't necessarily have as many people to call, say, middle of the day, oh, mate, I'm taking, oh, wait, well, how old is your eldest? Three. Okay, he can go to the park. Um, I, was gonna say, I don't think the six-month-old is doing a lot at the park, but, you know, I'm going to the park. He's I mean, yeah, he's, he's texting you. He's very advanced. On his strike. Um, you know, is it harder to find those people to go, oh, I'm a bit bored today or my kids are doing my yeah. head in, let's go to the park, totally. let's, yeah. Spot on. It, it, like 100%, but it's the same struggle every mum's felt. I, I will say being a same father can be a very lonely experience. Mm. So, And I'll, I'll, I'll relate this in a couple of points, but like motherhood is has this amazing encyclopedia, right? And mm. I've learned this through you guys too, right? And my wife, like terms like mental load, Mum rage, mum guilt, all this like it has a rich language and a support network and a sisterhood, which which is amazing. You mm. want that of anyone. Fatherhood does not have that, no. right? If I literally texted my mate and we met up with our kids and I said, "Mate, my mental load is through the roof. Like, you know, I'm about to throw this kid out the window because my, my dad rage is is off the charts." He'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about, mate?" Like, or he'd probably be like concerned, but yeah. you're not actually coming exactly. out from a place like, of oh, I'm not actually going to totally. do it. Or I really yeah. need to fill my cup because I'm getting a little like mentally angsty or something. Like, it's that unfortunately that language doesn't mm-hmm. exist, so it is really hard. To, to, to kind of make new friends. I'm naturally a pretty outgoing person, probably too outgoing. Like my wife's laughing at me because I tried to do that random, random acts of parental kindness Honest. to this couple that I see at the cafe who always dress a million bucks. And if you listen to this, you know who you are because I went up one day and said, hey, hey, my name's Jay. I love how you guys drop your kids off before, obviously, one of you starts work, you come and have a coffee. You guys just look a million bucks. And I meant it in my head. They, they always look back at They looked at me like, fuck off, man. This stalker, <laughs> this stalker has been in the bushes <laughs> outside of our house. So, and, and they live around the corner for us, so I see them all the time. It's so awkward. Hey, the house is now on the market and they're moving the moving uh, states. I no, I think to, that's great. I think it's better to um, take the risk yeah. and just do the Throw compliment. yourself out there. Yeah. But to that point, like, it, it is hard. And get around the dads. Like, if you see your dad and like just start a conversation right because mums are so good at it mums have been used to it they need to build a sisterhood to get through dads tread a bit more of a lonely line and we're horrible at that like you know it's it takes a lot for a guy just to open up even to his partner about how he feels about stuff Mm. so i find personally the mental load stuff will get to the breaking point for the dad and it has for me 
and I will like it will be at extreme danger levels. But mm. on the surface, you look fine. cool, calm, and calm. But I'm not too. like yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not on the surface. Like this is the thing. I think sometimes you can show your kids that you're absolutely at capacity, yeah. and I won't lie. I can be furious. I can be loud. Mm-hmm. I can be. I could have an adult tantrum. Mm but I will apologize and let them understand, you know, mommy was just frustrated. I probably shouldn't have acted like that, but there was a lot of emotions that I just needed to let out. I need five minutes. Fuck off. No, I'm kidding. But I, getting back to when I was saying about the stay-at-home dad not being able to have that confidence, the flip side to that which I wanted to address is that if you are the mum that has given birth and you are looking at having your partner be the stay-at-home dad, having that little portion of the afternoon or morning whenever they can while you're on maternity leave and he's on paternity leave is absolutely game-changing and I know this because when I had postnatal depression with my third child this is how my husband grew his confidence with being a a stay-at-home dad and it was purely for the fact that at 3 p.m he was in charge of bath time feeding absolutely everything and I would just clock off and go and nap and I would never probably do that if I didn't have a mental disorder at the time but what it taught him I I just wasn't there it gave him confidence because I wasn't micromanaging him I wasn't telling him what I do how I pack lunches how I how I bath the baby from that I then said to him however he wants to parent he's got it that there gave him even more confidence to go whatever I do, it's okay. Yeah. And it's actually quite funny because I think you can learn so much. Oh, you learn so My much. husband is probably a parent that I have learnt the most from out of anyone. And I think a lot of that is because he is not weighed down by society's expectations of him as a parent. So I will allow mum guilt to get in the way of decision making and, and those kind of things where he's kind of not burdened with those things. So he can make much more logical, efficient type decisions because he's not weighed down by these feelings of guilt. And I feel like I have learned so much about how I would like to better parent, but also enjoy the process and the journey of parenting so much more because I'm kind of learning to let those things go because he does. Do you feel like you experience dad guilt? That's a really good question. I'd say like, yes, but obviously I'm not a mom, so it's probably really hard to say. But Like do you feel bad if you take time for yourself? All all the time. Oh, you do? Yeah. Like look, and it's a really good question. I I think I do. I think I'm quite vocal about about like I just need some time. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately probably part of my personality, I'm probably too – like I'm doing this kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that, and that's, pro- that's probably a male trait too. But there is definitely like, you know, you, are, I think every parent operates under some certain sense of guilt, right? Mm. And unfortunately, unfortunately, parenting is a little bit of a competitive sport nowadays. Mm. And so I, I, I definitely feel like if this was what I've chosen to do and this is my role and like, I it's actually kind of a little plug for yeah, myself. Go for it. So I started I've started a fledgling Instagram where I'm teaching kids how to cook because oh. I love cooking with my three year old and I believe so much about sorry, this is turning a massive plug. So I believe so much that like teaching your kids how to cook starts 
just a really healthy relationship with food. And I am also an Insta person. I just film my son making stuff with me because I like to think it's a photo book, right? But I have all these beautiful videos of us cooking and so I've just turned it into an Instagram. Now, it's funny because I get dad guilt because as I was learning to edit and cut videos, I was sitting there and he was like, Dad, play with me. Dad, play with me. And I'm like, I'm making videos to teach other parents about <laughs> yeah, yeah, how to foster a, to get a good <laughs> yeah, relationship yeah. with their kids. And even my wife's like, you've been editing videos for four nights. Can you like just come watch the bloody crown with me? Like, you know, like, and so. Welcome to our world. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so totally. But, but like also I think once again about that, that language and like that, that term of dad guilt not really being really well known. I probably have dad guilt. I just don't know what it is and find it hard mm, to put yeah. my finger on it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you're going to give us a plug, you've got to at least tell us yeah. what it's called. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not really good at it's this, called, are you? Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's called uh, Yum Chi. Yeah, C H I C H I, but with three M's and the yum because right, every we're single. In, we're gonna put in the show you. notes. Every yeah, it's got two hundred and thirty-seven followers. Thanks, mum. Nah, it won't um, be after next week. Nah, uh, nah. But because uh, every single like good Instagram handle has been taken since yeah. day one, so I had to put three M's in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. it's ridiculous. We're still fine. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but like, yeah, I, 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 in in short, yes. I just, we don't have a term for it. So I just sometimes feel a little shitty about not paying more attention to my kids. Now, a question I really want to know is, do your children have parental preference? Oh, uh, yes, but it's changed over time. So heartbreakingly, uh, our first was obviously so into mum during the breastfeeding phase. She weaned when she had to go overseas for an extended period. I, I weaned him. The return was heartbreaking for her because the preference oh. instantly changed. So she was oh, destroyed because she also was not ready to, to oh, end her man. breastfeeding journey. She would have been so excited to get home. Yeah, and, it's yeah. like in hindsight, it was actually, I haven't recognized how traumatic that's, mm. this must have been for her because with our second, she's even like, she's like, this breastfeeding journey goes as long until he decides. So right. it means so much to her. So it would have been heartbreaking. So the older one, I find has a parental preference for me for, for a while. But what we've also found as parents that everything is chapters. Yeah. And so the more they grow too, they go to you for different things. So if my three-year-old hurts himself, he'll go for mummy cups straight up. If he wants to be thrown off the top of a bunk bed, <laughs> he'll come to me, right? Yeah. So there, there is parental preference, but it changes. And it Can is- you throw him off the bunk bed and then he goes to mum? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Go to the younger one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It keeps both of you very busy. So it's, uh, but it's cha- it goes in chapters, and like it is, it's heartbreaking, right? Because like, and I and I only understood this later, and my wife said, "See, that's how I felt." Because I will spend an entire day with him, right? And fill the entire day with amazing things. And I'll be like, oh, mate, like, check out this diorama I built you and stuff. Then mum will come in the door and she's something new, fresh, she's a fun one, chop liver. And I'm like, you little prick. Like, you know, I have been working hard at this all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's natural, right? Like, and we all know toddlers are irrational. Right. And they just, they, they just express themselves however they want to. So I, I actually, so weirdly as a dad, I find it easier to not get harmed by it or just just get disappointed by it my wife does take it pretty personally but yeah we're finding it's going in chapters and to that to that point before about 
you learning something off uh, your husband's like one thing that I've learned is like you look, you see how fast a to- toddler changes their mind. Like one day they're like, strawberries are my be all and end all. It's the greatest thing in the entire world. And they say, I don't like them, take them away. Mm. They, that's the exact same way they are with parents. Mm. So it's not like we can take it personally because they're not going, how emotionally wrapped am I in this? Will this hurt mommy or daddy's feelings? It's no. just, just they're expressing how they feel at the moment. They don't actually mean they hate strawberries because strawberries are delicious. But sometimes just like, I don't want that now. Yeah. You know, and, and, just, and similarly with the strawberries, it's like if you have the strawberries, yeah. they're not that fussed on the strawberries. If you didn't buy the strawberries, exactly. they're they the favourite strawberries. Thing. Similarly with parents, if you're the one that like needs them to want you, they'll be like, nah, fuck this, I'm, I'm wanting the other parent. Like it's exactly the same. But, so that, totally. Like and my thing says that she's like, I like the way you handle X or Y yeah. or how you, you have a little bit more patience in in like how he reacted to this or talked him through. But that is that is a team sport that is parenting. And so much respect for single parents out there because yeah, it is it's I've learned the most also from my wife just bouncing ideas off. Yeah. Right. Talking about it openly. Once again to that problem of having no other stay at home dads. And if you're out there, reach out to me. Yum Chi, by the way. Yeah. Um reach Three out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Triple M. Uh, like, you know, I had I have no one really else to bounce that off. So yeah. like so I end up bouncing it off my wife. Yeah. And I love that God, I have a dirty mind. I'm so sorry. Anyway, let's just, you just said bouncing off my wife. Sorry, we're not If there are dads listening or maybe mums, <laughs> I mean, if you listen to us while you're bouncing on your wife, interesting kink, but I'm not offended. I'm flattered. I guess if, or if there's mums that are listening and they have a partner that does want to maybe not take time off work, but just get more involved. What do you think a good, because I think it's so easy for us to be like, just get involved. But sometimes if you've fallen into a certain way, it's almost like you need to form the habit what do you think are are good ways that dads can just get more involved I I think uh, first of all like one thing I love about hanging out with my kids is I get to indulge my own inner child all Mm. men are children like my kid will be like dad do you reckon we can get that monster truck over that fence I'm like let's find out yeah yeah, we're excited like like, just like it lets you you're like no 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 we're still doing it (laughs) it lets you really indulge in that childhood side and, and at the end of the day, it is, you know, you only want to do things you enjoy. So for any mums listening, like, you know, like just start with that conversation. What do you love doing with the kids the most? Oh, you know, I love taking them fishing. Well, why don't you like make that a regular thing fills up your cup too. Mm. You have a great time and, and just work through that process. And then because organically, once they start taking the reins, they'll have to deal with like, oh, I forgot the sunscreen. It was a nightmare kind of mm. thing. Like, And that's, and like, you know, once again, like men are sometimes like, sorry, sorry men, I'm not speaking for everyone. So there's not many but, men that listen, so go, go to absolute town. Like, um, like <laughs> horses to water, like, you know, you have the leaders there, right? But then that morphs into the, just like consistency. Like, you know, can, can you do pick up and do you reckon you wouldn't mind fixing dinner up or even if it's just microwave X, Y, and Z mm. and then do you mind making dinner and then moves into the, Hey, it seems like you're really enjoying this. Like, and you know, if why don't you talk to your boss about maybe starting early on a Friday, finishing early, and then you can just go, go fishing with the kids again. Right. Mm. And so once you start down that path and, and I think dads really get involved and hopefully any dad listening would just go, this is something that I love doing. I mm. want to do more. That's what happened to me. Right. Mm. And it, it's, it's kind of really building on that. And, Hopefully, mum's listening, you can get your husbands to listen to me rattle on about this. But like the other thing I will say is like whatever your paternity leave is, 
at work, it starts there. Ask for more. Because right now, government paternity leave is two weeks paid at minimum, mm. right? Maternity is 20, right? Unfortunately, like it's great, like something's better than nothing. Mm. But that ratio has set the standard for most other companies to be like, oh, well, that's the ratio. So mm. if we offer a year paid to mums, which is incredibly generous, we'll offer oh, whatever that math is. Whatever, yeah, yeah. I'm up for something. And it's not enough, right? So to that point, like dads demand paternity leave if putting your career on hold is something that really matters to you because it will give you the freedom to concentrate and learn to enjoy those things with the kids. So, yeah, so that's one of my asks. Better paternity leave for everyone. Equalize it. Just make it. Just make it parental leave. Like, okay. and if your company offers good paternity leave, take it. Totally. Stop thinking yes. that. I mean, I can't speak for everyone's job, but it's not unmanly to take your paternity 100%. leave. Like, take it. Hundred percent. And that's the stigma what I was talking about. And um, like to that point of like, there are so many more progressive countries like the Nordics and stuff where they it's just commonplace. And like, why can't we do it? Like, you know, mm. there's so much that society just gets better through doing it, right? And it fixes so much shit at the workplace, right? Mm. Because like, if you just have everyone who's just like, yeah, I'm going to have a kid, I might be ducking out for six to twelve months, male or female, it just fixes so many issues, mm. right? I, I found that as a manager, and I was like, <laughs> sorry to my old team. Sometimes I was a prick, right? Because before I had kids, like people would be like, I believe it four to pick up my kids from daycare. Like, are you kidding me, mate? Yeah. Or like, my ha- kids got hand, foot, and mouth, which sounds made up, which not. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunately very it real. So yeah. gross. And you used to think, oh, you're a liar. Whatever. Or like, I have to take five days off. Like, mate, are you kidding me? Like, stuff like that. Like, build a layer of empathy to that yeah. too. And just society works so much That's better. so true because I think that works in the house. I think if you can both understand, as you were saying before, what it is to have a full day with the children or even, you know, if you can both dabble in what is it to work and come home because yeah. I think so often it's snubbed as well work is the easy way out at least you get to talk to other adults but there is it comes with its own unique struggles and juggles and totally. challenges and and amazing things too so I think the more that you can kind of share these experiences whether it be through the household or through a workplace the more people that have experienced what it is to be home with their kids the better and more flexible and empathetic the workplace is as well totally. And it does, it really fixes so many, and it was part of why I wanted to talk today, like societal issues, like the gender pay gap, one of the big reasons it exists is just because purely because women have to take so much time out of the workplace to help raise the family. If men were doing that too, it, it really does solve that problem. And it becomes commonplace that people like, I want to work three to four days a week, mm. right? You can build entire teams based off that and like I know this doesn't that doesn't work so much for small businesses or small companies that's where the government needs to step up absolutely right? they do so if there's any government policy makers listening well this is why in two weeks this is why I get angry as well is because if you are a mother and you decide to have I don't know two three kids four kids you've got x amount of time that you're not going to be working sorry if you are a stay-at-home dad and you decide to do that well that's obviously going to be for you too now we're supposed to have super and that that is a hell of a lot of time that we're not getting super. Totally. So at the bare minimum, we should be able to be given something while we are raising children, raising the next generation, because otherwise I'm going to go back and go, oh, sweet, I've got no money and I'm supposed to grow old with what I've got in the bank. Yeah. But and I've been raising these guys, so then, what am I supposed to do? And, like, that's not kid ourselves like everyone thinks sometimes work is the be all and end all but parenting is the most universal thing in the world Mm, it's the best like you know you talk about 
struggles the world over. Like, you know, sorry, I'm just getting super philosophical oh, God, now. Like <laughs> yeah. We love it. I, yeah, that, that empathy just goes a really long way. It does. Yeah. You make plenty of sacrifices as a parent straight away, right? <laughs> we, we're cooking a lot more. Mm. <laughs> but that's great because I started an Instagram off it. Yeah, yum. Uh, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, no, so, so and it's, it's just getting your head around more like it's just setting an appropriate budget. Mm. That's it, right? And within that budget, you cut out a lot of things, right? Maybe you're not going to multinational global holidays or maybe you're staying at different places, but like, you know, you are making concessions. And I mean, who can, you know, like that's something everyone should be doing anyway. Yeah. And once again, just to, to pay attention to something I said earlier, I do recognize that I am also immensely privileged to even have the choice of being a stay-at-home dad because I know there's some people listening probably like, this is just impossible. Like, you know, how – so. Not to harp on about it, but like maybe that model is like one afternoon a week rather than, yeah. After you've been a stay-at-home dad and I said, I know I was saying before, everyone always asks what's next, what's next, but do you see yourself in the future ever returning to full-time work? No. Yeah. This, this, this experience has changed me. And I haven't been like for that long, right? I, I am heartbroken at the idea of my kids having to start school and not being with them and letting them go into that stage yeah. of their life. But one thing I have rapidly learned is also the debilitating nature of work and family and always being caught between two worlds. Yeah. And now that I, I've had the full experience of one, I want to keep that going as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Now that budget that I mentioned might dictate otherwise, but it's my promise to myself and I tell my wife, we'll keep this going for as long as possible that it, the, the stress of me doing it doesn't outweigh the benefit. Yeah. And so true, true. we have that ongoing conversation all the time. But I, I personally, even if I went back to work in some capacity, would hope I'd still have a few days of just me and my kids because it's just beautiful, right? And you never get that time back. People joke about it, but you really don't. No, you, you, don't. you blink and you miss something minute. And that's the – sorry – one of the best things about being a stay-at-home dad, as it would be a stay-at-home mum, you don't miss the tiny little details. Like, and I've I've made a habit of trying to remember like the little words that my kid mispronounces because they're adorable. And then you remember one day that they say it correctly. Oh, don't! This is one of the this know, is not talked about in parenthood, and this is one of the most heartbreaking, heartbreaking parts yeah. when they learn how to say a word correctly, and then they never say that previous way again. And I always actually, it's funny. Sorry, Tayan. I don't tell her off, but I'm like, don't correct him because when you correct him, you've changed him forever. And like, he's my baby. <laughs> like, I, my eldest, instead of saying outside, says our shish like that. And I'd never want that to change. Please. But yeah, you don't, you don't miss those minute details, but you don't get that focus until you kind of just commit a little bit more to the, the parenting side. Well, if there is any last words of advice, wisdom, quotes, whatever you've got left, please let our listeners hear them now or forever hold your peace. I've got two. <laughs> yeah, okay. the, the first one is like, and this, this, is, this is a serious one, but so you guys had a fantastic episode about raising boys that like themselves, yes. right? And, you know, we all know that there is a, it's an epidemic amongst young men of, of depression, suicide, and typically that's driven by just lack of purpose, right? And that lack of purpose, society won't give you purpose. Unfortunately, that's one of the things that that phenomenal doctor mentions that like society won't give young, young men that purpose. Now, most adult men still have those feelings. They've just kept a lid on it their entire time. They hold trauma through to adulthood, right? 
I have found personally, when your kids become your purpose, it just mentally frees you. Mm. Just because all of a sudden that purpose that I was like, what, what am I meant to do as a bloke? Like, what, like society tells me to do X, Y, like I have purpose. And it is so like, it is a beautiful thing. And one of the things that no one really talks about, guys hate talking about their feelings, but it is a certain sense of satisfaction that any dad would feel when you've decided like, this is my purpose. I love that. And I think also what you learn as an adult through your children, which you may not have opened up through as a child is extraordinary. Like you could be sitting there and you're going to have to talk about feelings with your child because you're teaching your toddler the difference between angry and sad and mad. And you kind of sit there and go, what are those feelings? And then you're sort of on this ride with them, understanding and relearning all these things again. Totally. And every dad wants that. At the base of their heart, every dad wants to be the best dad they can be, right? And like, just engage with your kids. Do it. Learn it. Love it. Yeah. So love it. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us today. You got one more. I don't have one more. Sorry, oh, I thought that was <laughs> The last one's good. So I have waited. So this is great. I have a read or fabulous for you. (laughs) Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say the start? I was going to open it because I was like, someone's like, that's a great icebreaker. Like, and I was like, so I, and so Sorry, even, we didn't need an yeah, icebreaker. I so, think we've all been absolutely fine. So much so, so I don't even know if it qualifies as a real fabulous. It's just a funny story. And I've already run this past the mum. So, and so I know you said it's okay. We don't need to change your name. <laughs> you know who you are and I love you. So I, like most parents on a weekend, like I don't mind a drink in the afternoon to wind down, right? But I have two kids, one six months. It's not like I'm going to a cool cocktail bar or anything, right? So I have this habit of I just get two beers from the fridge, I throw them under the pram. So what happens is every afternoon, where do you go? You go to the park, you go to the beach, and you just run into other parents. You run into your parents' crew and you just end up having a good time. There is another dad who is my partner in crime and he's always most willing to have my second beer because drinking on your own is very lonely and for a dad, looks really weird. So it's always me and him having this beer. Fast forward to his kid is about to have their birthday and his wife is organizing it, right? So we have this big WhatsApp chat with all the parents. So she says, hey, guys, just so you know, my kid's birthday will be at 10 a.m. at X Park. Looks a little rainy, but it should be okay. Really looking forward to having everyone there. Right after that, follows up with the, on WhatsApp and at Chi, so singling me out going, I know my kid's birthday is at 10 a.m. I really don't mind if you have a drink. <laughs> Absolutely no judgment. <laughs> and she was 100% serious, which made me realise everyone thinks I'm a massive pisshead. <laughs> Because everyone just sees me at the park doling out beers to all the dads, just beers, beers, beers. And I was just like, this blew my mind. I was like, oh, my God, I think everyone thinks I'm an alcoholic. Please tell me you've continued on, though. Sometimes. That was one of the starlight case out. I was going to say, I I thought you were going to say it started off you'd take two beers and now all of a sudden you fill up your beach trolley with an entire case. But that was one of my highlights of COVID is I would meet up with friends at the park and we'd have our insulated coffee cup but it would actually have gin and tonic in it. And um, so I love it. So no judgment here. 
everyone. Maybe judge me if it was at 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You do what you got to do to parent. But thank you so much for coming on the potty today. We absolutely love this chat. And if anyone wants to message Chi or get on to his Instagram and see how he cooks, then you can head to. Yeah, I'm Chi. Why you triple M, Sergio? Awesome. We'll look at the show notes. Thank you, Che. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.